Good afternoon, everyone, again. Welcome to another Reach Markets Meet the CEO session. My name is Warwick Lace. I'm the Head of Investor Relations at Reach Markets, and I'll be facilitating the session for you today. The purpose of these Meet the CEO webcasts is to give you, the investor, direct access to companies that you may be considering investing in. So we invite CEOs on here to tell their stories and to give you an opportunity to ask them questions about their companies. We host the session every alternate Wednesday at the same time with three new companies presenting each session. Advice or information in today's presentation is general in nature and does not consider your personal circumstances. You need to consider for yourself whether it is appropriate for you. John Lambert from Ampere Therapeutics, uh, a pharmaceutical company developing drugs for cancer and fibrosis. Um, Ampere has clinical stage trials that uh, John will update us about and uh, explain. And um, John, I was just chatting to an acquaintance of yours uh, who was, uh, I think, part of a PhD program, and he informed me you were a bit of a karate buff, so um, I expect you'll have no problems getting through the presentation chop-chop. <laughs> Thanks, Warwick. It's been a long time, so um, <laughs> once passed, you can't ever move away from it. Okay, so um, yeah, good afternoon, um, everyone who's, who's listening in, and uh, thanks to the team at, at Reach for the invitation to present today. Um, let me make sure that I can get these slides to change. There we are. Okay, yeah. Please uh, take note of our disclaimer. And so, yeah, just to introduce you to um, Amplia. Amplia is focused on developing new drugs that we hope will provide new treatment options in two um, very important disease areas, namely cancer and fibrosis. Um, our audience obviously will be, will be familiar with, with cancer, which essentially involves uncontrolled growth of certain tissue types. Um, and fibrosis, um, sorry, my screen just died. Um, and fibrosis, um, you know, is, is a condition where essentially scarring occurs uh, in an uncontrolled manner, and this in turn leads to loss of function in which in the organ in which um, it affects. So, Amplia's attention is focused most directly on difficult to treat cancers such as pancreatic cancer and a form of lung fibrosis called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, which is a very debilitating lung disease. Recently we started our first phase one clinical trial and we expect that data from that trial will provide a foundation for us to initiate phase two clinical trials late next year. So it's a pretty exciting time for Amplia as we build momentum into clinical development across multiple therapeutic opportunities, and we think that this provides a pretty attractive opportunity for investors. The drugs that Ampli is developing target a protein called focal adhesion kinase, or FAC. Now, FAC uh, plays a very important role in both cancer and a number of fibrotic diseases, and um, because these are quite diverse therapeutic areas, um, we're presented with a portfolio, I guess, of um, commercial opportunities. So you know, in order to focus our efforts and resources, our plan is to concentrate our clinical development expertise on two very important and largely unmet uh, areas of need, being pancreatic cancer and idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, as I mentioned before. Earlier this year, we requested and were granted orphan drug designations from the US FDA 
and our clinical strategy has been designed to allow us to address both of these therapeutic areas. It's also our plan to build non-clinical um, data packages to support entry of our FAC inhibitors into the multiple other indications that they may have um, utility in. And in these indications, we may, indicate, we may initiate uh, clinical studies subject to resources and the particular commercial opportunity. But our focus is, is more likely to be directed to licensing, partnering and co-development arrangements. The past 12 to 18 months has seen Amplia go through a period of pretty considerable growth. And you know, as of today, our share price is around four times what it was the same time last year. Uh, liquidity in the stock has increased considerably. And we've gone from a market cap of around $4 million 12 months ago to around $30 million today. Um, earlier this year, you know, we welcomed two institutional investors uh, to our register um, with Platinum Asset Management now holding about 16% of our issued capital and Blue Flag taking about 7% uh, stake in the company. And I think the reason the market is starting to pay attention to Amplia um, is summarised pretty well on this, on this slide. Um, over the last year or so, we've been single-minded about getting AMP945 into clinical testing in the second half of 2020. And in that process, we've covered an awful lot of ground. Um, we've restructured our board to reflect the evolution of the company out from, a, from being a preclinical company into a clinical stage company. Um, we received those orphan drug designations I referred to before. Uh, we completed all the clinic enabling um, toxicology and safety studies that were required for our lead drug candidate. And then more recently, we, re we received um, ethics committee to uh, approval to run the trial that we'd been planning for so long. So I think the market took note of these achievements and that they were delivered you know, as and when we said we were going to um, achieve them. And you know, that has driven an increased uh, demand in our stock. So let's focus in on um, cancer. And um, I'll provide you with a little bit of um, information about the, the technology. So, we're all aware that many cancer patients you know, get treated with many different therapies, but cancer patients often do not fully respond to those, those treatments. Um, most cancer drugs are designed to attack cancers directly and, you know, and either effectively poison the cancer or starve it of, uh, of nutrients. This is fine when it works, but um, tumors are kind of cunning in a way in that they, they tend to mount a defensive response. Um, that blunts the effect of these um, oncology drugs and eventually leads to poor responses in, in the patients who are being treated. And in fact, there's quite a number of these defense mechanisms that cancers mount. Um, things like spreading the, the uh, cancers to other, part of the other parts of the body where secondary tumors can take hold, uh, activating different biological pathways that compensate for the effect of the cancer drugs, uh, even physically shielding the, um, the tumours from drugs by growing a protective tissue capsule around them and, you know, damping down the immune response that, um, you know, may in some cases lead to um, removal of the cancer. So the image on the left-hand side of this slide um, is FAC. It's an X-ray crystal structure of the target. So this is public enemy number one. 
at Amplio. And what we've learnt over the past few years of cancer research since FAC was discovered is that this um, protein plays a very important role in many of the defence mechanisms that I just told you about on the previous slide. So, so specifically, you know, FAC plays a role in building these fibrotic or protective layers around tumours, uh, damping down immune activity and you know, supporting cell migration and tumour spread around the body. So by inhibiting or suppressing the activity of FAC, we hope to undermine the role that FAC plays in um, these defence mechanisms that cancers mount. So it's important to note at this point that FAC inhibitors you know, are not designed to kill cancer cells on their own. Their role is to remove the tumour's defence mechanisms and expose them to the full effect of cancer drugs and the immune system. So I guess, as we sometimes put it, uh, in a slightly different way, FAC the, the job of FAC inhibitors is to remove the shield so that cancer drugs can land the blow that they were designed to deliver. So because Amplius FAC inhibitors are meant to expose these cancers to the full effect of existing cancer drugs, we're working to optimise the combinations of FAC inhibitors and existing drugs so that by the time we're ready to test these combinations in cancer patients, we'll be confident that we've chosen the combination that we think will have the greatest chance of success. So Amplia's lead experimental agent is a FAC inhibitor that currently goes by the name of AMP945. We'll need to change that sometime in the next year or two. Um, because of the dual antifibrotic and anti-cancer potential of FAC inhibitors, our focus has been directed mainly uh, and somewhat logically, I think, towards those cancers that are somewhat fibrotic in nature. Of these, I guess we've identified pancreatic cancer as the tumour type of most interest to us. Um, and this is in part due to our collaboration with the, the Garvin Institute in Sydney and you know we, if the work we're doing with that with a group up there pans out in the clinic um, we think it would greatly improve the way pancreatic cancer is treatment treated. Um, consistent with our interest in this indication uh, earlier this year you know we presented some data to the US FDA and requested that they provide us with an orphan drug designation to facilitate the development and perhaps the approval of AMP945 and the, a, the FDA agreed and granted us that orphan drug designation. So overall, it's our strategy to use the information gathered in our ongoing preclinical studies to choose the optimal tumour targets for our phase two clinical trials, subject to the, which, subject to the results of the clinical trial we're currently running, we plan to initiate uh, next year. So moving on to fibrosis, um, this is the second disease area uh, where we think our FAC inhibitors may have clinical utility. Um, we're particularly interested in IPF, as I mentioned, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is both life-threatening and currently has very limited treatment options. As the name suggests, IPF um, has no known cause, um, but it in some cases be linked to various risk factors such as smoking history, genetic defects and um, occupational exposures. The important thing to know about IPF is that it's a progressive disease in which the lungs gradually become too scarred and stiff to function properly, eventually leading to death. So, you know, if left untreated, um, the median survival 
in, in um, IPF is around about two to three years. And so while there are drugs already available to treat IPF and lung fibrosis in general, um, these act on different targets to FACT, so different to the targets that we're uh, addressing, and they only slow the progression of the disease. Um, they're unable to reverse the effects. And they also have significant side effects that impacts on patients' quality of life. So the low efficacy and the safety profile of the existing drug drives a commercial um, opportunity and a treatment opportunity that Amplia hopes to uh, address. And certainly the preclinical um, modelling work that we've done to date um, using well-recognised disease models um, supports our, um, our belief that these uh, molecules should be tested in the that our FAC inhibitors should be tested in the clinic for IPF. Apart from IPF, there's a range of um, unmet commercial and therapeutic uh, needs um, in, in various forms of fibrosis. So lung fibrosis can be caused by uh, known agents such as bacterial infections or uh, respiratory viral infections. Uh, silicosis is another form of industrial um, arising from industrial exposures to powders and dusts and so forth um, that can form uh, cause lung fibrosis. And then there are other non-pulmonary or non-lung forms of uh, fibrosis. And one example here is non-alcoholic steatohepatitis or NASH. Um, and that's an inflammation of the, of the liver or scarring of the liver that's caused by a buildup of fatty tissues. So these are all pretty important um, unmet, unmet needs and um, you know, we think that FAC may play a role in each of these and inhibiting it may provide uh, benefits to patients. So where are we at and where are we going? Our strategy is to build a foundation um, of clinical data that supports later trials in both cancer and fibrosis. So we would like to address both of these commercial opportunities that are presented to us in these wide therapeutic areas in parallel. And so the trial that we recently commenced um, is designed to do this as quickly and as efficiently as possible by recruiting healthy volunteers. Once we understand from that trial AMP945's safety profile and how it's absorbed and excreted and so forth in humans, that should enable us to run both uh, trials in both uh, cancer combination trials where we combine our FAC inhibitors with uh, existing standards of care that are already being used in cancer patients and um, also trials in, in fibrosis patients, most likely in IPF. We dosed the first volunteers in that phase one clinical trial about uh, two weeks ago, uh, this October. And the trial is um, being conducted at a single Australian site and we aim to in it up dose up to 64 volunteers. It's a pretty conventionally designed trial. Um, first of all, we'll look at single um, escalating doses in, in those volunteers. And once we understand uh, how AMP945 um, performs in those people, um, we will move on to other cohorts where we dose uh, multiple times with 945. So we expect the trial to take about six to nine months to complete enrolment, uh, meaning that we should be able to announce the results around the middle of 2021. So 
So looking forward, um, all these activities are expected to roll up into a considerable amount of some pretty positive news flow we, we expect over the next 12 to 18 months. We'll be completing the single and multiple ascending dose portions of the trial in healthy volunteers. We'll be reading out the top line of the results of that trial. Um, we expect to be able to confirm um, the indication and the, um, the combination therapy that we will use to test AMP945 in cancer patients. And we will open um, an IND uh, subject to the results of the phase one trial, um, which would allow us to recruit patients into clinical trials in the, in the United States and thereby increase our um, exposure to one of the main commercial markets and one of the most sophisticated regulatory agencies in the world, that being the FDA. So, um, yeah, an achievement of these milestones, you know, should uh, we expect would build uh, further momentum in Amplia's stock, which has been uh, considerable recently. So thanks very much for, for listening to my uh, presentation today, and um, I'd be more than happy to respond to any questions. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, John. We've had a couple of questions come in. Uh, first one just uh, asks about the um, the funding strategy. Um, are, are, you, are the trials funded through, uh, through the Phase 1 uh, period? Yeah, they are, yes. We, um, we recently completed a, a capital raising um, in August in which we raised $4 million at um, 10 cents a share. These funds uh, are going to be used to complete the Phase 1 trial and run some of those Phase 2 enabling activities. Um, so yes, we are fully funded to complete this Phase 1 trial. All right, a question in from Doug regarding um, lung function dash viral infections. Am I correct to infer that the drug may assist treat COVID-19 lung complications? Question mark. Uh, that's an incredibly interesting question. Um, there are quite a lot of um, reports coming out of patients who are convalescing from um, uh, COVID-19 or SARS coronavirus infection who have uh, considerable amounts of um, lung fibrosis um, detectable in their lungs. Um, this is something of uh, a great deal of interest to us, um, but um, it, yeah, it appears that uh, long-term complications arising from COVID-19 um, may be a, a, you know, another source of, of lung fibrosis, yes. Right, very interesting. Um, fatty liver and NASH, uh, with China following Western trends, this comes from Lockie, um, on lifestyle food choices uh, contributing to uh, uh, non-alcoholic fatty fatty liver disease. Uh, is China in scope for uh, commercialisation? Yes, it would be um, down the track. We would um, um, we would be very interested in looking at China, um, you know, for a number of uh, indications of interest, um, both in fibrosis and in, in oncology. Um, the regulatory arrangements in China are a bit more complicated um, in many in many ways, but um, we're Obviously, more than interested, and um, you know that's a that's a very 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 important market. Right. Um, and one last question in from Alistair uh, in IPF. How does the mode of action in Ampere's FAC inhibitor differ from the approaches, spe specifically the drug from uh, Adalta? Um, I uh, the Adalta, as I understand it, the Adalta. Um, mechanism of action is uh, based on a more immunological response. These are the so-called I-bodies that uh, Adalta has developed. Um, I, 
probably I'm probably not the right person to describe the mechanism of action of adults as uh, adults as drugs, but um, the, the FAC inhibitors that we're developing develop, uh, inhibit um, you know focal addition kinase and an enzyme that's involved in the one of the biochemical pathways that leads to, leads to the laying down of fibrotic tissue. Um, but I probably prefer not to not to speculate that's too much on uh, adults as technology. Very understandable. Um, quickly, just uh, summing up, question from uh, Simon. Looking forward, what's uh, what can we expect from the company uh, in terms of uh, sort of post phase one trial? Um, what's uh, what are the next milestones? I, I guess it's on your last slide here. Yep. Uh, yeah. These are the these are the, um, the the key events over the next year or so that we're hoping to achieve. Um, you know, subject to the results of the trial, I guess the two sort of work streams that will combine at that point is we'll have our understanding of the uh, clinical performance of AMP945 together with the preclinical or non-clinical uh, data that we're collecting to, at the moment. And so I guess, you know, in our heads what happens then is that those two streams of information converge in order to uh, allow us to design the best phase two clinical study that we can, i.e. the one where you know the need is greatest and the probability of success is also greatest. Excellent. That's all from us. Thanks, uh, thanks very much from Reach Markets. Keep well and chat soon. Bye.